The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know, if you see an armadillo in a dream, it means that armadillo sees you in a dream also. <laughs> so don't say anything weird. <laughs> <laughs> For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts and see some cool merch, visit us at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 20 through 22 of Towers of Midnight, book 13 of the Wheel of Time. Previously, Team Falconwolf clears the air with some healthy dialogue and threats of knifing, which is pretty par for the course, honestly. Uh, Matt sends a bunch of secondary characters off screen to go do whatever secondary characters do when they're off screen. Maybe some sort of nutrient bath or a stasis spot or something. Flash <laughs> freeze them for reheating later. I don't know. Not get stabbed. Yeah, I mean, right? That's the best place to be. Far away from Matt right now. Uh, then he meets with Elaine, who, concerningly, is very interested in Eludra's dragon cannon designs. You can almost see the gears of conquest turning in her head. <laughs> we should keep an eye on that one. When uh, the dragon's gone, someone has got to be the all-powerful dictator of the world, right? True. Elaine's yeah, got yeah. her uh, sight set. Chapter 20. A choice. Icon of the six-pointed star of the Aes Sedai accepted... No, super... What, not accepted. Yeah. What do they call it? Just Aes Sedai test? Yeah. The, like the final exam. Graduation thesis defense. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Nynaeve goes to the Aes Sedai test. And I gotta say, she's conducting herself with surprising amount of decorum when she's talking to the Aes Sedai at the beginning, right? She's like... Well, she doesn't punch him in the face. Exactly. I mean, like, for Nynaeve, this is, like, top level, right? And I, I like how the Aes Sedai is like, you know the rules, right? And Nynaeve's like, yeah, I know the rules. And then she ignores them, and the Aes Sedai's like, what about the rules? And she's like, yeah, sure, rules. <laughs> I said I knew him. I didn't say I was gonna do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is what she says. Yeah. <laughs> uh... And it's it's pretty cool. Like, yeah, the rules about not speaking, and she just talks the whole time. Like, fuck you. What are you gonna do? About? <laughs> They're like, you shouldn't be wearing the ring. She's like, I'm already nice. I fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it turns out the test is a Terrangrial, and there are seven sisters there to run it, mm-hmm. plus Egwene, who's just there to, you know, fuck with her. I guess to mess with Nynaeve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, work out some of her old grudges from Emmonsfield. <laughs> It turns out the Aes Sedai test is kind of like a video game tutorial level. <laughs> like, go to the sixth store and you have to do the thing. Yeah, you have to prove that. Do it three times. Double Pre- jump. Press the A button. <laughs> Look at the dot. Look at right. the dot again. So they show her this symbol, the six-point star, and then they make her go... And they tell her the rules that she has to remember to walk. Do not run, but walk towards the symbol and do the, I don't know, the next exercise whenever you see it. Yeah. And then she goes into like a world... Uh, like another world, another kind of, I don't know what do you even call it. It's like a, it's like a simulation, a dream, yeah. dream thing. A video game. Yeah. Module. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. playing a video game. Yeah, a, a video game with a hundred levels, uh, just like Bubble Bubble. Yeah. And, and then, I was going to say a surprising amount of nudity, but like, 
Not really that surprising, I guess. <laughs> You're like, you have to be naked again. Yeah. Well, the accepted test is like sort of borrowing from the other worlds, right? The alternate universes. Yeah. So it wasn't like somebody was actually designing all this stuff. But these Aes Sedai make it clear that they're making all of this stuff happen yeah. to her. So they're making all the boobies happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And all the like, the really annoying things like, you know, the, a child is screaming, and when you try to help it, a bug flies in your mouth. <laughs> in your mouth you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I know. It's, it, it's almost like it's almost like I said I are kind of assholes, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the, for, it starts out with she's on a beach, and there's it's an island, and there's a volcano that blows up, and you know she wants to help, but she has she can't help because she has to walk over to the symbol, mm-hmm. and then do a, a magic spell that just protects her and nobody else, and then she wins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of impressed at them designing the test though, because there's a hundred different weaves, and they're the same hundred weaves that everybody has to learn. But they came up with a new way of using the weave every single time. Mm-hmm. Well, hundred of them. Well, a lot of the the things aren't the weaves don't actually do anything useful. Like I, I think I think. Some of them, uh, they they make a point of the fact that some of the, the things that Ninety does, she uses the weaves in a way that is unconventional to help, but that's not actually what they're supposed to do. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they, supposed to literally do nothing. Yeah, I think the one with land later on, it literally says it just makes some sparkles yeah. Yeah. around her, which is not supposed to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are, there, there are a lot of these scenarios where she has to leave someone to suffer while she walks away to continue her test, which... I'm like, I'm not sure exactly what the message is here, right? Yeah, so fast forward, it's like a hundred little vignettes where something bad is happening and she has to ignore it and walk to the symbol. Because the most important thing is being a nice guy, more important than anything else. But yeah. apparently we had to hear that lesson a hundred times. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like... Could have not been. to be confused with when her previous test when she had to do it yeah, a number right? of times. That was only three times and, and it, was, it was repeating itself even then. Yeah. I, I feel like this explains a lot about why I said I are kind of dicks, right? Like... The only way to pass the test is to be the kind of person who would just be like, well, sorry, don't give a shit. Yeah, Gotta go sorry, to my sorry, sorry, sick children. I'm not going to help you. Yeah. Well, it would be different for everyone, though. It would be geared differently towards everybody. The it's thing true. that's yeah. most in here. I guess what most defines who they are and is the greatest threat to their ability to be a nice guy. Which is Nynaeve of wanting to help. Help everybody. Yeah. yeah. I know, right? I was like... Yeah. yeah. So, but Nynaeve doesn't actually follow the rules. Yeah. Right? Like, at first she does. Of course does. she doesn't. Yeah, of course she doesn't. Yeah. But then she starts, like, kind of throwing fireballs while she's walking towards the the, the mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the end, with the land one, she just blows it off completely. Yeah, yeah. she's done. You know what? Like, she... Uh, yeah, land is being attacked by dark hounds. And yeah. Nynaeve's not, not going to do that, you know? She's like, yeah, I'm just not having it. Yeah, she so goes full dark ran. She's like throwing Balefire like it's going out of style. Yeah. You know what was cool about this? Did you notice how like the Trollocs look weird? Yeah. yeah. And and also the Balefire was weird. It didn't work like Balefire normally does. Yeah. It's because these Aes Sedai are all simulating this and they don't know what it looks like. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. I thought, right? that, was, I thought that was cool. It's it... really cool. Like these, the Aes Sedai who made those Trollocs has never seen a Trolloc. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. She, she was like, this Trolloc, that's not what Trollocs look like. <laughs> yeah. So she finally gets out, and she's all like, like she's all beat up, and like she got bugs in her mouth, <laughs> and she's all like cut, and they burned off her braid. Oh, I know, right? Which is very, very upsetting. Yeah, I know. And yeah, and they try to fail her. Oh man! Yeah, and they fail it. Well, because she did break the rules. Also, yeah. they mess with her memory. They tell her like, these are the rules. And now we're going to delete your memory so you can't remember the rules. Except you sort of kind of remember the rules. You just don't remember why they're important. Right. Mm -hmm. And given that, you have to just blow off all of these important things and 
walk towards the symbol and do this thing. Yeah, and Nynaeve is like, okay, well, here's the deal, you know, like, if walking, if, if a choice is between, you know, becoming Aes Sedai and letting a bunch of people die, well, I think the answer is obvious, right? Yeah, get stuffed, Aes Sedai. It yeah. shouldn't be that important. Yeah, I, I am, this is exactly what I was thinking throughout this test, and Nynaeve just said it, so I was like, all right, well. Right, yeah. Uh, also, um, they mentioned that Nynaeve's test was... Uh, she shouldn't have been able to do the things that she was able to do in the test, but it's because she spent so much time in Teleran Riyadh that she kind of broke the test a little bit. And the fact that mm -hmm. she cast Balefire inside the Teleran Riyadh almost broke it. And they were, I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> that was pretty cool, yeah. yeah. I thought I thought maybe it's because she's Taveran, you know? Mm. She just breaks the rules. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? But that, that gives them something to think about, and they all go discuss, you know, like her, her the defense of her dissertation. I yeah. found this a massive letdown. Yeah. Yeah, I was really disappointed. Like, at least when they did the accepted test, it was interesting to see, like, different realities. But in this one, it was just, like, they said, don't break the rules. Of course you know she's going to break the rules. Of course you know she's going to pass. And it was just a hundred episodes of torture porn over and over with the exact same thing. She has to walk away from someone who needs help. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't It wasn't interesting. It was disappointing. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I, what, are, what are they testing here? Because, I mean, the, the hundred different ways makes sense because you're you're showing your... Competency. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. And and I, I even get the part where they're like, you know, they, they want to put you under stress so that you prove that you can do these complex things in stressful situations. That makes sense to me too, because like that's that's useful for an isodyne. Yeah, that, that's like every day for Maureen, right? From what we saw. Yeah. Right, yeah. So the fact that she could the fact that she was able to do those things is is useful for an isodyne. But like all of the stuff where it's like being an Isodai has to be more important than suffering children. I was like, that's stupid, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, like, the other side of the, the memory thing is, if the rules, if they're like, you weren't even supposed to be able to do anything except follow the rules, then what's the point of the test if, the, if it's supposed to force you to do it? That's a great question. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't like, know. That's the other side. Ah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's, you know, it... It, it, it's not that surprising considering what we know about the way that the Aes Sedai function and, and you know structure their their hierarchies, but like yeah. it's pretty irritating. And then uh, Egwene and Nynaeve chat while the other Aes Sedai are, are debating, mm -hmm. and uh, Nynaeve says, like she like doubles down. She's like, yeah, I would choose Lan over being an Aes Sedai, right? Yeah. And and you know maybe it's and, and uh, Egwene says something like. Devotion to the White Tower is important, and Nynaeve is like, maybe not that important, though, right? Right, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I, again, I'm, I'm totally yeah, like, on board with her. She doesn't say this, but she's kind of like, have you noticed how the White Tower sucks? Yeah. How it, like, is not very helpful? And it's because of this crap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then, she, she even says, uh, well, yeah, I mean, like, to me, this is why Nynaeve is kind of wasted on the White Tower, honestly. Like, this is, you know, she's better than this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, she, and when they come back, she says, like, you can let me in or not, but even if you don't, I'm still fighting with the Dragon Reborn at the at Shile Gull. And they're like, you think you're going to Shile Gull? And she's like, mother, I, I have my ticket already. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just came from the Dragon Reborn. I'm going back to the Dragon Reborn yeah. in like five minutes, man. Yeah. I've already helped cool inside in. Like, this is nothing. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I, yeah. And, uh, and Egwene manages to drop, like, <laughs> Egwene's like, well, you know, you got to, First of all, don't don't tell them that stuff about choosing land over the Aes Sedai. But then she mentions, as they're in their discussions, that, you know, 
Nynaeve is the close personal friend of the Dragon Reborn, who is his right-hand person to fight at Shal Gull, and she's married to the last king of Malkir, and she's an incredibly powerful channeler, and oh yeah, she killed Mogedian. Yeah. <laughs> and she cleansed it. Like, it's just like this. Oh yeah, she cleansed it. <laughs> yeah, like, and these motherfucking guys and I are debating whether or not to let her in. Like, yeah. please. She's like, it would be a... Bitch, it would, please. It would be, it would be, it would be setting up a poor precedent if we decided not to make her eyes and I. Yeah. <laughs> let's, so, you know, disappointingly, they, they decide to let her in, barely, you know? I mean, yeah, like, her joining the White Tower, like, it doesn't make the White Tower worse, it makes it better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes her worse, if anything. Yeah, I know. But now that Nynaeve is officially Aes Sedai, she has one very important thing at the very top of her to-do <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she does. Like, five minutes later, she teleports... Out of the White Tower, she, she's like, look, whatever you got to do, we'll, we'll take care of it later, but I yeah. have to run an errand real yeah. quick. Yeah. She goes to Mirel, who's camped outside the Black Tower. Yep. And it says, Mirel, give me that bond right now. And yep. Mirel's like, I don't know, maybe we should talk about this. And Nynaeve is like, I will kill you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Nynaeve is not above face punching a bitch. We know this. Yeah, yeah, I, have, yeah I haven't sworn the three oaths yet. I can <laughs> fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. And yep. then Mirel, in her infinite wisdom, is like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yet, I'm I'm really glad that Nynaeve isn't like turning into an Aes Sedai, really. Yeah, I, no. she's staying cool. I I I think that swearing the three oaths is not necessarily a good thing for Nynaeve, given to given what she's about to have to deal with. Not that you know the three oaths are necessarily supposed to prevent her from zorching a bunch of shadow spawn, which is mostly what she'll be doing. But mm-hmm. like, I just feel like uh, I feel like the three oaths are not going to be. They're not going to help her in her her next you know mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So chapter twenty one, an open gate, icon of Trollocs. I miss that icon. It's been a while. Yeah, it's a good yeah, one. That's right. So a Sanid is reporting on her trip to Kyrian to Perrin, and yeah. it's mostly nothing new. Yeah. Well, he's he's clearly bored, right? Like he's like <laughs> yeah. he's like pay attention. This is important. He's like, but I really want to go hang on the Wolf Dream. He's like. <laughs> yeah. he's like yeah. For obvious reasons, he's bored. You know, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of things going on. Yeah, he's like a high school football player who yeah. just can't pay attention in class. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, listen, this is important. Bunch of rumors about uh, where Rand is and blah 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 blah. Uh, Parents' plan is to get rid of his whole army and then go talk to Elaine. Yep. Um, which is a terrible plan because Elaine. Last we heard, Elaine was planning ways to destroy him. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I think someone points it out. They're like, you know. You may not want to go over there flying that flag of nether. He's like, I don't fly that flag anymore. It's like, still though. <laughs> yeah, I'll just explain it to her. You know, we'll have a talk. Yeah. And Perrin finally figures out there may be something more to Balwer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Just> maybe. <laughs> yeah, because Balwer reports also what he found in Kyrie. And yeah. Perrin's like, did you get all your, your secretary supplies? <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. I'm stocked up. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to give you more money. <laughs> yeah. He's like, just... Who the fuck are you? And is it normal for a secretary to have all these dubious connections? I'm asking honestly. I've never met a secretary before. <laughs> you don't have secretaries in Emmonsfield. Yeah. And yeah, and, and Balwer basically, yeah, sort of comes clean with them. Like, yeah, I worked for a guy that was killed by the White Cloaks, and, you know, he was a great guy, and you're a great guy too. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's actually kind of a nice scene. Like, Perrin offers to pay him more, and Balwer's like, look, I just like spying men. <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah. He's, yeah. he's like, I do it. I don't do it for the money, pal. I do it for the art. <laughs> Which is nice. Uh, also, during the meeting, Anura suggests allying with the Shanshan. And uh, the wise ones maybe do the first cool thing I've ever seen from them, where they're just like, fuck that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're like, look, 
we're going to give them a pass for a little while, but if they don't let our guy Shane go in a year and a day, yeah. we're going to come for him. Yeah, they're going to eat spear. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. This is, there's also, during this conversation, uh, Morghese also learns for the first time that, uh, yeah. that Gabriel was Robin, which I, I mean, yeah, I guess she didn't never know that she was, that there was, the one power was being used on her, which I don't just, know. Well, yeah, because remember whenever she, we saw it from her perspective, she was just like, I don't know why I was so, so in love with that guy. Yeah. Uh, it, I totally, I just, I don't know, I imagined like an, a relationship advice column or like a talk show episode. Help! My ex-boyfriend was a forsaken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Am I the asshole? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a lot to take in for her, you know, like, I, I, understandable, right? Like, this is, this is a pretty... A yeah. weird situation. He drops a whole service of tea. <laughs> that is true. Very mm-hmm. embarrassing. Yeah. But I, I, I rolled my eyes at this because this is something that the people that Megan is hanging out with have known for four books or something like this, and just nobody mentioned it. It just never came out. She didn't ask anybody about what happened to Gabriel. That's a good point. I, I think that. I think that she, well, she knew that Gabriel was deposed or, or disappeared or something because she knows that Elaine has taken the throne. She knows that much, right? Mm. So I think it, it kind of didn't matter exactly what happened to her. She would assume he's dead, right? But and the fact that he's a forsaken probably didn't cross her mind to ask, right? And we know she felt a tremendous amount of shame about it, too. Also true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's also, you know, the fact that she's still, she's still undercover as Morghese for reasons that I don't understand when, she, like, one conversation with Perrin, mm-hmm. you know, five years ago or whatever in publishing time of the books would have just sorted, sorted all this out. This is how she finds out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like I said, roll my eyes. Yeah. Uh, they also briefly discuss uh, battle tactics for the upcoming fight. But it's like a really <laughs> short conversation. Yeah. Parents are like, well, if they're going to you know, line up like they usually do, then we're going to blast them with magic <laughs> yeah, right. and arrows. And they're like, like all right, well, that's... Uh, yeah, war not- council over, everybody. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Blast them with murder wizards until they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. And then the one guy's like, well, can I charge in afterwards? You're like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Bauer also mentions that the White Cloaks are teaming up with the Shan Chan, and that Ran is rumored to be teaming up with the Shan Chan, and that there are those, like, warrants or those those bounties out for him and Matt. Oh, shows yeah. Shows one of those pictures. Yeah. yeah. Whoever's drawing those pictures must be just really prolific, right? I know. There's everywhere. everywhere. They yeah. don't have copy machines, right? So, for, like, like, years now. Yeah. yeah. And every time they see one of those, they think, wow, that's a really accurate drawing. Mm-hmm. It's a really good artist somewhere, yeah. somewhere out there. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, a bunch of enslaved dark friends who are just, like, being beaten. And, yeah, it's probably something more like that. Yeah. <laughs> but then when Perrin sees that, oh, Perrin, he's like, well, maybe it is good to have an army around you know, <laughs> when the forces of darkness are trying to kill you personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Then we cut to uh, Iteralde who is leading a slow, bloody retreat from those fortifications he was holding earlier. Yeah, there's just too many Trollocs, which, yeah. you know, probably a common problem. Sometimes it happens, right? Too yeah. many Trollocs, bro. This is a pretty great battle scene, I think. I don't know. I, I was curious what your take on this, because I know you, you often think about like the military strategy that they use. They, he's talking about this, this pike strategy where they're kind of yeah. doing a gradual retreat. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it yeah. was really well described. I, it was... I thought there was a difference in style here from what Robert Jordan usually does because he, he doesn't often give kind of the... What we, get, we get like the bird's eye view, you know, like the, the after battle report view of what happened in the battle. And Iteralde kind of knows what's going on at all times and has perfect information and makes perfect decisions, mm-hmm. which Robert Jordan's battles are much more closer to actual battle stories, which are like, 
you know, he doesn't really know what's going on. No one really knows closely what's going on until the until after the battle is over. You just see one little part of it. Yeah. Uh, so it was more. Uh, it was kind of less enthralling in that sense, mm-hmm. but the tactics and stuff all made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was you know pretty well written. It's it, actiony. It's pretty grim too, right? I mean, yeah. like it's it, there's people dying all around him. They get overrun and and crushed essentially under the, the attack. yeah the the battle like the battle line falls apart and eventually it becomes a rout. Uh, and Itteralde himself is about to get got by a Myrdral, uh when he is rescued by a sally from the, the, the city, uh, Maradon. The gate has been opened, and his army is being let in, and now they're besieged, which is better than being routed. Yes, yeah, that is true. But it sounds like maybe the, the captain who did this is defying some sort of order, because he says... Essentially, like, I'm the captain for now, but I'll probably be killed for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been wondering about this the whole time. How are the Saldanians not participating in this uh, epic last stand against the Trollocs? Because, you know, Borderlanders love that shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was wondering the same. I, I, so the, let's see, so the Saldian queen is... Um, uh, Tenobia. Tenobia. Tenobia, right, who is not there, right? She's down south with the other Borderlanders? Yeah, correct. So maybe whoever's in charge here is under some orders that they're not changing. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder. Yeah, it, it's got to be something like that. But I, I, that's a big question mark that is yet to be answered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they currently see the dragon as like the bad guy. They haven't, you know, allied with him yet. So Yeah. yeah. So then we go back to Morgase, who's thinking about the news she just heard. Yeah, that's a Gabriel. lot to take in, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's not really surprised either. She's like, well, yeah, I was kind of out of my mind, so, you know, the one power doesn't, it's not that surprising, right? Yeah. What do you do when your ex is a serial killer? <laughs> hmm. Then, uh, Talonvor shows up, and uh, he's, he's giving up on her. You still have my heart, but I can't bear to be near you anymore <laughs> if you will not have me. So I will go to Tyr and join the army at the last battle and kill myself. Yeah, if you don't want a bone, I'm just gonna go die. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he could actually... He could stand a chat with Gareth Bryan from the next chapter. I know, right? Oh, God, yeah. Gareth Bryan. Because, yeah, I don't, I mean, on one level this is romantic. On another level this is a little creepy talent for her. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, like, like she's, a, she's not the queen anymore, but she's a former queen. Like, you've got to show up and, like, you gotta, you got to be impressive. you got to, D, demonstrate value. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, you, you know, the last guy she dated was Gareth Bryan, you know? Well, the last guy she dated was a oh, Forsaken. But, well, I don't know if I'd count that as dating. That was more like that's slavery. But, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right, yeah. So, okay, yeah, her, her dating history, one of the great captains of the world, and a Forsaken. That's like, true. you know, yeah. that's, and, a, that's a high bar. Tenafor, if I recall, is just a lieutenant, right? Yeah. Was so he even that? He was some, just like, yeah. Some 20-something-year-old mm-hmm. yeah. lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just saying he's... There's other things you could be doing other than just like being like, hey, you want a bone? You know, like that, you know. Yeah. Go, go do something impressive. But she tells him, like, just learn this new information and don't leave just yet, you know. <laughs> the answer is not no. It's not yes, but it's not no. Yeah. <laughs> could you just not hurl yourself at the forces of darkness for like a week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot on my plate right now. Give yeah. mama some time to sort out her feels, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so chapter 22, the end of a legend. Icon of the dice. Uh, Gawain, speaking of dumbasses, goes on an unofficial night patrol of the White Tower. Yeah, he's bored, you know, he's messed up all there is to mess up. Nothing left to trip over or, or spill coffee on, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, he, as he's just walking by, he just busts up a dice game that some of his, his former uh, soldiers are having. Like, you're not supposed to do that, that's not good. 
and fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have water training in the morning. You're like, look, we don't want to be warders, all right? You know? Yeah, he's not even their boss anymore. He's not. I know. He he he, he abandoned them. And yeah, you know they still respect him and stuff, but still. And so, but you know, he says, okay, oh, if you don't be warders, then maybe I'll get you a job with the city watch. Okay, sure. You Thanks, know. Gwyn. Thanks, yeah. Gwyn. I, I don't. I'm not sure that's what they want either. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> So then he, as he's wandering, he goes to Gareth Bryan for advice. Who is, this guy is, oh, just chock full of good advice. Like, like, like he says, look, look, I'm not one to give advice. But then he just like nails it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I figure if anyone can put a leash on Gawain, it's him, you know? And he gives him some really good advice. Yeah, he, he gently points out that nobody invited Gawain to yeah. any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, you keep doing these things that, may, look, look, you know, look, man, just... You know, maybe hold it back a little yeah, bit. Right? Yeah, you claim that she needs your protection, but she doesn't want your protection. And last time you gave protection, you like fucked up her plans mm-hmm. like massively. He just flat out says that. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he's like, you know, like you, if, you, if your only objective in life is to get with this woman, then that's not very appealing, isn't it? So why don't you find something else to make yourself a little bit more interesting as a person? Mm-hmm. For example, I became one of the great captains of the world, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how you bone a queen, I'm just going to say. You know, it's, it's, just it's out there. <laughs> true. Yeah, there, there's standards, right? There are bars here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you want to bone the Armalyn seat, then you kind of like do something impressive, man. Yeah, you have to look at it from her perspective, which I'm sure Gawain has never done before. Literally never. <laughs> yeah. What, who would the Armalyn seat want to bone? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is it like an asshole who follows her around and, and ignores what she says? Hmm. No, that, hmm, that, 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 no, that just doesn't sound very appealing, does it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so then Gawain, he takes this very useful and good advice <laughs> and realizes that this is great advice and he acts on it by... Walking straight to... <sighs> walking <sighs> Doing exactly the thing that Gawain asked him specifically not to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For purposes not just of her own creepitude, but of, you know, imports to the war and light and shadow, right? Mm. Right, I know. It, like... like... He walks up to, he walks by Wayne's door and he finds the shadow assassin is there. He's like, I'm going to chase him off. <laughs> right? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't capture him. He doesn't kill him. It's, it sounds like it might be a gray man because he's having trouble looking at it. Yeah, but do gray mans go around in shadows and stuff? I think so. I'm not sure. This yeah. might be something new. Yeah. And also, it, it's super fast. Yeah. So that's true. I was true. thinking like Golom. They, is there another one? Well, who knows? There were didn't it, they say somewhere there were six back in the Age of Legends? Yeah, that's true. I, I thought they had said that only two survived, but I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. So this this probably isn't Gary. Yeah, this is probably, probably not Gary Golom. Yeah. Larry. Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Larry the Golom. Gary and Larry Golom. Uh, but yeah, so either way, the assassin escapes because Gwyn is you know not that cool, right? Yeah. Uh, and then. <laughs> Oh my god. god. Then he's like, oh no, I better go check out Egwene. Runs into a room and springs the magical trap that Egwene had set for that shadow assassin. I uh, know. Uh, he is the worst. This is why no one likes you, Gawain. This right here. Like, I, I remember thinking, I think I said this, that I thought Galad may be the worst trick hand, but nope. no. <laughs> yeah, this is just, just because the author heard you thinking that, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to give you this firm reminder. No, Gawain is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Team uh, Stupid Dum-Dum. Yeah, Team Stupid Dum-Dum. <laughs> Captain of Team Stupid Dum-Dum. And, and Gareth Bryan was on Team Stupid Dum-Dum for a little while, but he left. Yeah. He was like, this team is dumb. <laughs> like, this team is both stupid and dum-dum. Because <laughs> <I'm out." laughs> Gareth, Gareth Bryan knows what's up, right? Yeah, Gareth Bryan is not going to chase his sunk costs. No. No. 
Uh, so we cut to Matt, who uh, is out with Tom and Noel, and they're just asking around about legends and stuff. I know, I love this. It seems like Matt's actually tavern hopping, asking about what people are saying about him, this which is cracks the, me up. This is the Wheel of Time version of Googling your own name. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, where did you hear that thing about the Prince of the Ravens? I'm just curious, you know, who yeah. who, where did you get that that rumor from? Yeah, yeah, ladies, ladies like him? Ladies like these rumors? Yeah. <laughs> The Prince of Ravens, Lord of Luck. You know, I, I love I love the legends that are growing. It just cracks me up. Yeah, and he's like, ah. And uh, but then they find out some stuff about the Tower of Genjay. Yeah, and, uh, but, well, Noel I, mentions, by the way, in passing, uh, he again mentions that he knows Jane Farstrider. I, I know, and <laughs> everyone like, just like brushes it off. Yeah, he like says something about Jane, and Matt's like, "How do you know that?" And he's like, "Oh, he told me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jane Farstrider told him that. Oh. Yeah, that guy's so cool. He's got like twenty dicks. <laughs> All the women think he's so hot. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard from Jane. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're coming up with a. Plan uh, plan on how to deal with their extra dimensional uh, enemies. Yeah, they got yeah, their plan is basically to do the child's thing that that Ulver learned about, but I, I don't remember what that is. It's a yeah, I don't remember either. The, the I assume we're gonna find out when they get there, but they, they, yeah, yeah, he learned. There's a nursery rhyme that tells you how to deal with them, and he learned from Birgitta how to get into the tower. Oh um, uh, right, yeah, yeah. I noticed that they they don't seem to differentiate between the. Ielfin and the Eelfin, but it, it seems from what we've seen that they work very differently. So I'm kind of wondering why that is. We know that uh, the arch from Meridian is the one that Mo- that Moraine uh, fell through, and <laughs> so that means they're dealing with the nastier ones, which I guess the the fox ones, yeah, right? The fox ones were the ones that were wearing human skin. Yeah, Eelfin, I think, were the fox ones. I don't remember, but I I also don't think Matt has that level of insight. To That's realize fine. that they're different. He's been through both <laughs> both arches, and they... I mean, you're right. No, you're right. It's Matt. Yeah. I mean, he treated them the same both times, which was just he shouted at them a whole lot. <laughs> that is a great point, you know? <laughs> he just totally... He just boomered his way out of it. And in fact, when he like, went through like the second arch... his flight was getting delayed. When he went through the second arch, didn't he try asking them three questions? And they did... Like, what happened is just kind of the result of that, right? Yeah. And they were like, what do you ask of us? And he's like... Starts asking them questions, and he's like... They're like, no, no, no. What, what do you? What's your wish? What do you <laughs> ask of us? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't get it. No. So yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he doesn't realize that they work differently. But I do like how he he talks about how they basically you can't that that you can't deal with them, right? That, that you always lose, right? The snakes and la- the the lesson of snakes and ladders is that you always lose unless you cheat. Unless you cheat, mm-hmm. and so his plan is to attack them, right? Like, yeah. Courage, like we know they don't like fire. We don't like we know like they don't like iron. So we got some iron weapons. We just go in and attack. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, this sounds like a terrible idea, but I mean, like it's the yeah. best they've got, right? And, and if one of the secret weapons is music, you've got Tom. There you go. It's really working out. Yeah. Yeah. And some fireworks from Aludra. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, hey, why not, right? Yeah. I honestly think they should sub out Noel for Aludra. You know. I mean. Yeah. She does seem more useful, right? Yeah, right. Like, she could bring, you know, a dragon, right? Like, she's probably got, like, one of her little, like, cannon things, Yeah, right? she could just bring a gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? The elephant and the elephant both hate? Guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Matt goes a-wandering through Camelin in a really kind of moody scene. Everything's raining down and seeming otherworldly to him. Yeah. He's like, oh, everything's too quiet. You know, there's no cut purses around. There's no, like... Uh, was it Tufts or whatever? Yeah. And then he comes across with a mugging. He's like, oh, 
Thank goodness. Oh, okay. <laughs> the mugging. This I know how to do with. I'm going to kill these guys. Yeah. Uh, which he does, and then the dude they were robbing tries to kill him. Yeah. yeah it's one of the dozens of people who have you know been yeah. hired to try and kill him. I here. assume a dark friend, or I don't know if they're all dark friends that are trying to kill him, or just bounty hunters. Yeah. yeah. But he also had a brainwave, which is go talk to Brigida about this stuff. Oh, I want to point out that the, you know this this would be assassin. <laughs> Matt uh, accidentally puts knives through both of his eyes with a warning to the others, which I mean, <laughs> sounds ridiculous, but it's you know probably true for Matt. Right? Yeah, it's, honestly, Your Honor, I didn't mean to shove my dagger straight into both of his eyes. <laughs> and yeah, so then uh, we cut to Brigitta, who is guarding Elaine at a play. Well, yeah, she's hating on some local theater. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, Brigitta. Yeah. This is, not everybody gets to watch a play for free. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's kind of sad because her, her memories of Guidal Kane are fading. She yeah. thinks, like philosophically, she thinks that the pattern is finding a new place for her to exist, and so it's it's delegending her. And she's she's worried that she'll lose all of her memories and just be a person, yeah, with no yeah. specialness. This yeah, that, this uh, this this is something she thinks about a lot. It seems like <laughs> I think every time we have a Brigitte perspective, she's mm-hmm. something that's on her mind. And it, yeah, it's pretty sad, right? Because she knows that there's this person that she's you know loved through multiple ages and she's pretty soon not going to remember him anymore yeah but then she gets news of a disturbance at the gate and she goes to investigate and of course it's Matt yeah <laughs> of course it's Matt and she arrives she's he's dicing with the guards in the gatehouse <laughs> she's like so you captured a guy and now you're dicing with him they're like well you know he, he seemed he seemed harmless he's like he had a sword <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is pretty pretty cool yeah it's very Matt the and whole then, thing is and, very mad. And then she's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll take custody of Master Cawthon. And they're like, oh, the, the Prince of Ravens? Prince of Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn it. <laughs> Pretty good. And he's here to have a talk with Brigitta uh, about the Tower of Genje. And the first, middle, and last thing she says is, don't go there. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, really, don't go there. It's such a bad idea. And he's like, but you've been there. And she's like, yeah, and I died. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. Every time, everything we find out about what happened with her in there, it was terrible. I have to say, like, from the moment Matt is like, hey, Brigitta, let's go out drinking, I was like, I am so on board. Because every time Matt and Brigitta go out drinking, it's great, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, I'll admit that this one was a little bit more on the somber side, but it was still a lot of fun. Yeah. And, yeah, and she says that, you know, you have to... If you if you don't come in through the doorways, then they can make you bleed, which they can't do otherwise. But she also says they may still not make you bleed because blood does something weird in their kingdom, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but apparently that's why they they would instead try and drop you in a hole or... They said, she said break your bones or hang you because it doesn't make you bleed. Right, mm-hmm. which, which Matt has learned directly. There, there is a moment, I thought... It was, it was cool slash silly, but she's like, you've got a one in a thousand chance of getting out of there. And he like pulls out some coins and he's like, one in a thousand. What are the odds that all these coins end up heads? He throws them up. Yeah. They all come up heads. Yeah. Fair enough, Matt. Yeah. yeah. I think when it comes to talking Matt out of doing something, like telling Ta- him. The odds. The yeah. Odds, yeah. Not the right way to do it. Yeah. This, this, this is interest, an interesting story though, because, you know, of course, Birgit has been there because she's been everywhere, right? Yeah. And... Uh, even though it's not encouraging, it is very informative. Apparently, she and Guido Kane wandered there for months. Like they they went in there because uh, Guido Kane was injured. She wanted to heal yeah. him, and she said they brought provisions for two months. 
and she marks her path and they never they never cross their same path twice in you know all that time wandering yeah and then they yeah they starved or something or whatever came to a bad end yeah. i want to know that story though like she doesn't know how they how how did that story get out about them if they both died there? Yeah. And, and she was known as Jithari Moondancer back then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And she's like, you haven't heard that story? He's like, no. Aw. <laughs> and she's niffed that they haven't heard that story? Yeah. Like, that, was, that was a good story. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good story. Wait, she's like, really? No one, no one's still talking? My name was Githari Moondancer. No, nothing? <laughs> oh, no bills? No I really thought that one would stick around. I mean, I yeah. starved to death for like two months. <laughs> okay, okay, whatever, fine. Yeah, it's fine. And uh, I liked how she remembers one life where she and Guidel Kane got old together. And, mm-hmm. and now she's like, well, at the time it was pretty great, but now it seems super boring. It was one of my most boring lives. <laughs> <laughs> it's way more fun to burn out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess if you're a hero of legend that lives over and over again, then it's pretty good to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, mm-hmm. I suppose so. But yeah, I, I actually, I mean, not the whole chapter because the first chapter was, the first half of the chapter was Gawain, but I love the second half of this chapter. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's cool. Uh, but then they get, uh, uh, she gets a, uh, what do you call it? A bond message? A bond sensation? <laughs> a bond mail? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bond mail. <laughs> her, her ice and ice sense is yeah. tingling. That Elaine is in pain and fury. Yeah. And so they rush off. Interesting. Uh, my prediction is she's in labor. Oh, okay. Well, that would make sense. I, mm. I thought maybe she had like thrown herself into a pit of spikes. Like, <laughs> I can't die, guys. What? <laughs> she, she saw Brigitte leaving. <laughs> Immediately, what's the most dangerous room around here? <laughs> so, like out of the corner of her eyes, she sees Brigitte walking on. She like scoots off her chair and just starts running. <laughs> oh, they, fucking she's gonna come in and she's like standing on a chair on top of a table, reaching like the top of the fridge or something. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I can't die, guys. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're gonna cover chapters twenty-three through twenty-six of Towers of Midnight. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bandit Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club, including at our merch store with fine apparel and coffee mugs and... A bunch of other stuff that I don't know exactly what it does. Yeah, you could wear our faces. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could wear our faces in a way that everybody's happy about. <laughs> yeah, the least creepy way you can wear our faces. <laughs> it's some pretty great original art by yeah. our artist in residence, Karina Lake. Yeah, and, and we were planning to update it with some, some more stuff uh, coming soon. Yeah. So, uh, please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light illumine you. you.